Thanks for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in equipping you to connect, grow, serve, and go in the fullness of Christ. Please take a minute and email us your story at info at To learn more about this message and others, visit our website at sykestonfirst.org. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. We understand benefits, don't we? And we like benefits, a positive term. So what it says right here, and forget not all his Forget what? If you have good benefits, why would you forget them? You brag about them, don't you? Matter of fact, we will brag more about our benefits sometime than we will our pay package. Um, I, I, I get this much money, but you wouldn't believe what I get in benefits. I get a car. I get, a, I get this. I get that. I get all that. The benefits. But it says here. And forget not all his benefits. Listen to them. Verse 3. Here's a benefit. Who forgives all your sins. Amen? And he heals all your diseases. So far, it's a pretty good package, isn't it? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Wow, this is a great benefit package. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now that, turn to somebody and say, that's a good benefit package. That is your benefit package. It says, forget not all his benefits. Now I want you to flip a couple of books there um, over. You got, you're in Psalm right there. Go to Isaiah chapter 52. We read this on Sunday night last week. Psalm 52, verse 13, and then we're going to read all of 53 uh, in, in the Scripture this morning. I, I want you to see this. It says this, See my servant, in verse 13, See my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who appall, were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And for what they have not heard, they will understand. Chapter 53, verse 1. Now listen to this. Who has believed our message and whom has arm of the Lord been revealed? It's a question. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of a dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. And, and we held him low esteem. Verse 4 says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Verse 5, I want us to, this is where we're going to focus today. But, everybody say but. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. In verse 6, we all like sheep, we all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the, everybody say iniquity, iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, 
and a sheep before its shears is silent. So he did not even open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. For he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And through the, though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days and, and will... The will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will be justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life into death and, he was, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. The reason I bring you that entire chapter there is because it's amazing to me. When we were watching John chapter 19 in front of our eyes, how many, how many um, um, I, I hate to use the word enjoyed, but appreciated seeing that this morning? Yeah. What blows my mind is that in in, in Isaiah chapter 52 and in Isaiah chapter 53, like 680 years before this moment that we, you know, we watch portrayed on the TVs this morning in John 19, that, that time frame, this was written by the prophet Isaiah. That blows my mind. But look at verse 5, and I want to focus on this verse this morning as, as a cry of suffering from the cross. We, we, saw it, we saw it with our eyes this morning portrayed. We read it in Isaiah. We read it in Psalm 103, but listen at this again. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. That brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Forget not his benefits. What a powerful promise. I, I think this may be one of, the most, one of the most amazing verses in the Scripture. One of the most amazing verses in Scripture is the portrayal of the death of Christ, the Messiah, who is going to take on our sins and heal us too. And he does. In this verse, I want you to notice a couple of words here. Transgressions and iniquities. Do you see that? Everybody see that okay? Transgressions and iniquities. We, um, there's a difference between these two words. I know that they've kind of been lumped together in, uh, in so many ways. It's just as a, a sin. But I want to draw a cross up here on this piece of paper. And on one side, I'm going to write sin. I know you probably can't read my handwriting. I want to make a point. We have a cross up here and we have sin and we have sickness. That it says that he bore sin and sickness on the cross. I want to look at these two words real quick, transgression and, and iniquity. And I'm hoping that today we can pull something out of Scripture maybe that you haven't 
seen before. But I think it's important for you to grab a hold of this. Because this is a passage that we tend to pray over people whenever we're praying for the sick. And by his wounds we're healed. And rightly so. But I want to get a little deeper in this verse if we can this morning. He was, he was pierced for my transgressions. He was bruised or crushed for my iniquities, my sins. I, I, I want to look at this word transgression. This word transgression is similar to the word trespass. It's similar to the word trespass. It means that you um, are going somewhere that you don't belong. You step over the line. You step over the line. You step over the property line and you go to somewhere where you don't belong. Trespass is, is trespassing. We understand that. But transgression is a very similar word to trespass. A transgression is the, is the physical motion or the movement in the wrong direction. It's when you are heading in the wrong direction. It's an outward motion. It's physical. It's, it's visible. The act or action of, of, of carrying out a, a plan, really, if you will. Trespass. You've stepped over the line. Iniquity. Iniquity is something maybe a little more internalized. It's in the heart of the head, if you will. It's an, it's an inward motivation that can lead to an outward movement. It's the inward motivation. I want you to notice something in your scripture this morning. It says that he was pierced or he was wounded for a transgression. And wounded is the outward bleeding. It's the, that transgression is that outward motion. It's that movement. It says that he was, he was bruised or he was crushed for our iniquity. And a bruise is an inward bleeding. It's inward. So we have the concept here of the inward and the outward. That he was pierced. He was bruised. He was crushed. For the way we think the way, and the way we act. You see, Jesus kind of, he deals with this in, in Matthew chapter 5. In many different areas, he talks about the difference between anger and um, murder. You know, if you do this, if you do this in your mind, you've already acted out on this. But I want to take it a little step further with lust and adultery, okay? In, in Matthew 5, we, we see this and we look at this. Um, lust is the inward motivation. Okay, the inward motivation. It's what makes you do it. Adultery is when you step over that line and you cross over into that property line. In this particular passage, we see that Jesus is saying in Matthew 5 that when you have it in your head and you you go ahead and internalize the plan you have already stepped over the line you've already trespassed you've already transgressed James 1 14 and 15 says this but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire the word desire in the Greek Hebrew it just it's a way it's a word that we use as lust and enticed so it's dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed then after lust Lust or desire has conceived. When lust and desire gets together and, they, and it conceives birth, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, it gives birth to death. 
And so we see that in this passage, it's a a concept really about the mind, the renewing of the mind. I could go into a whole other sermon on the renewing of the mind in 2 Chronicles uh, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and and Romans 12 talks about the renewing of the mind. See, when it says in Isaiah that he was pierced for our transgressions, he was bruised or crushed for our iniquities. He was saying that he was taking care of those things that go in your mind. How many ever have that happen to you? You get a bad thought. You're sitting at your computer and you're working. Whatever you do, this is probably what I do, so I don't know what you do, but this is me working, okay. Satan throws a fiery dart at my head. You should rob a bank. Wow, if I rob a bank, hmm, I would be rich. I could buy a new car. I could get some new pants and a new shirt. I could go shopping. I could go traveling. If I had the money of all the money of that bank, I would be. Ooh, that's a good idea. So then I switch what I'm doing on my computer. I go to Google and I type in how to effectively rob a bank without getting caught. And for $19.95, I get, I get a book sent to me called how, uh, Idiot's Guide to Robbing Banks. It gets sent to me. And then I notice there's a catalog for bank robbers. And I go, wow, man, those are some nice bank robbing pants. And there's a shirt on there that promises that it will slim you down. So I order that, too, and a hood, of course. You know, a hood and some gloves because I've watched a lot of... Uh, you know, espionage shows and, and stuff. I know I need gloves. I don't want to leave my fingerprints. And uh, so I, I see all this. And then I, I, I look at, the, I get this, this I, man, I've got it. I've got all this stuff. I've got the stuff. I've got, now I've got to, I've got to go, I've got to go check all banks. I've got to find out which bank has the weakest security system. So I begin to survey all the banks and, and do surveillance on them. And I find out the one that is the weakest security and has the most money. And it's going to send me off to my richest dreams. And then the day comes. I put on my black pants, my slumming black shirt, my hoodie. I walk, step over that line. And it's the day comes when we rob that bank. It all happened in the mind. There's times in the afternoon. There's times when you're alone. There's times when you get ideas that seem like good ideas. They're really not good ideas. Ephesians says that they're fiery darts from the enemy. We get fiery darts thrown at us all the time, but what what we need to understand is that our mind is a battlefield, and those fiery darts can be extinguished by the shield of faith. And you don't have to take on the fiery darts. Ooh, she looks good today. No, I'm moving right on. Turn your head right. Ooh, I, I bet you the boss wouldn't know it if I just slipped me 20 bucks. And we get these fiery darts, temptations, but there is no temptation taking this that is common to men, right? God, is, we're able to live above that. When we have the fiery darts come at our heads, we know, we know that this morning I got on, I put on my helmet of salvation on my breastplate of righteousness, right? I got the right shoes on and, my, and, and, and I've got all the good stuff and I've got my, my sword of the Spirit and I've got my shield of faith and I, and I take it with me wherever I go. Isaiah 53 boasts, 
that the Messiah will bring wholeness, healing, and salvation to the mind, body, and spirit. But a lot of times we cross that line. We go from that, that thought pattern. It's a good idea. And we step over. And we trespass. We transgress. And we act on something that we could have just said that is a fiery dart. Shield of faith. Isaiah 53. It boasts, though. It, it tells us that the Messiah will bring wholeness, healing, and salvation and forgiveness of all sins. It breaks it down. It said inside of your head, those, those internal things that are, are driving at you, it's, it, that, this, this Jesus, this Messiah that's coming is going to take care of that sin. It's going to take care of the trespass when you cross over. And it says he's going to heal your diseases. That's what it says. Jesus bore our sins. Those sins. He bore our sins. He bore our sins, and it says that he bore our sickness. But there's a couple of words, three words that I'd like to write down up here. Penalty. We know what the penalty of sin is, right? On the cross. There's the power. My uh, P almost turned into an R. Let's don't even look at that. There we go. Okay. So I have the penalty of, the power of, and the presence of sin. Jesus bore our sin and our sickness. Matter of fact, we can look at this in a different way. In, in Revelation chapter 4, 8, Jesus... Um, he's explaining to John the Revelator who he was. He says, he says that um, I, who was, who is, and who is to come. So we see that Jesus um, is all the above. He, his, his personality, his person is present. It's history and it's future. Jesus is everywhere, right? He's everywhere. He's present with us. He was yesterday, and, and he is forever tomorrow. You see, Jesus wants the best for you. He wants to forgive your sins, and he wants to heal your diseases. So we have the penalty of sin and the power of sin, and, and this is what happened on the cross. He paid your penalty. Amen? Now, down here, he, the present, this is, this is when we're in heaven. He's, we're going to be freed from the presence of evil when we're with Jesus forever and ever, okay? So where does that leave us living today? We live in a, in a pretty tough time, don't we? The power of evil is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's all around us. We must realize that this benefit does not come by works or faith. We have people over here that are works generated. I gotta work, 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 work. I gotta work, 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 work. I gotta work, 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 work. As if you're 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 putting you're giving God some sort of a work currency. God, I owe you. 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 I'm gonna do this. 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 
and you're just worn out. You just work. You think you have to work your way into God's graces. You work. Then over here, we have the, uh, the great faith people. Well, the reason that you ain't healed of your disease is because you ain't got enough faith. You need to have more faith. Jesus never said you have to have more faith. George Michael did. Jesus didn't. Jesus said you need to bring a faith the size of what? Mustard seed. That doesn't indicate great faith to me. Faith the size of mustard seed. And we have all these people who think I have to have more faith. I have to have more faith, more faith. If I, if I just had more faith, if I just had more faith, then I would be healed. More faith, more faith, more faith. And then, you, then you, maybe you switch over to more works, more works, more works, more faith, more faith, more faith, more works. And then you get confused and you're just like, what in the world? Jesus doesn't love me. He doesn't love my family. I just, I'm just, I'm a horrible, horrible person. Here's the problem. We have to understand Isaiah 53, verse 5, explains this to us. That we were saved by grace through faith. Let me say that again. We were saved by grace through faith. So I might not have a lot of faith. I may have to be able to come up with a name of faith the size of a mustard seed. But if I know that by grace I am saved, that by the blood of Jesus I am made whole, and I have enough faith to believe that, that he bore my sins, he bore my sickness, he bore everything, and he loves me in mind, body, and spirit, and he has the best for me, and by his wounds that I am healed, that he took on his back my sins, and he suffered for me. And if I know that by grace, through faith, I am made whole, it's a whole different way of looking at things. I hear grace is pretty amazing. Right? We have songs about it, don't we? The anthem of the church, amazing grace, right? Love that song. But so many times we sing these songs as if they're like the national anthem and we don't, we don't realize what the words are in there, that His grace is why you are where you are today. His grace is why you are saved. His grace is what's going to lead you to a whole life. Not because you come up with some sort of a faith scheme and, and you've, you've got all these faith tokens that you're going to give to God someday or works tokens. He said, I don't take those tokens. I paid the price. I paid your debt. And it's by grace that you are saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We like to boast. We like it when things happen to our church. You're healed with a come to our church is where you get healing. That's how it works. That's not how it works. It's, it's by grace through faith. And see, God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. Let me give you some more verses on um, forgiveness and healing in the same passage. Um, Isaiah 53, 4. It said, Surely he took up our pain and bore suffering. He took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Matthew 8, 16 and 17, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word. That's salvation right there, isn't it? That's forgiveness. 
and he healed the sick. And it says this, this was to fulfill that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Isaiah 33, 24 says this, no one living in Zion, and in the scripture when you see Zion, it just simply means the gathered worshipers. I think today we're, we're Zion, the gathered worshipers. Um, no one living in Zion will say, I am ill. And the sins of those who dwell there will be forgiven. Sickness and healing. 1 Peter 2.24, In himself bore our, he himself bore our sins. Notice that in quotes. In his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. For by his wounds you have been healed. Body, soul, and spirit. So why do we get sick? Anybody ever want to ask that question? When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God a few things. I'm not. I'm not that smart. Maybe I'm just smart enough to realize that. Maybe that's what it is. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why. Why do people get sick? And why isn't everyone healed? I think it really comes down to these two words, sin and sickness. This cross here, he bore sin and sickness on the cross. And and he took on the penalty of sin. But in these scriptures that I read today, to me it reads the same, that he took on our penalty of sickness. You see what I'm saying? And, and, it, and it's, it takes on the, the power of sickness and the presence of, of, of sickness that is over our world. We have the penalty of sin, the power of sin, the presence of sin, the penalty of sickness, the power of sickness, the presence of sickness. When I read these scriptures... And I see Jesus on the cross. I see those, those, those whips ripping the skin off of his back. Ripping his back. And I can just simply go, well, by his stripes we are made whole. We're healed. Take it lightly. I, you, I can't take it lightly. Because see, when he did that, he took on the penalty of sin and sickness. He overcame the power of sin and sickness. And he overcame the presence of sin and sickness forever and ever and ever and ever. So by grace, we are also healed. He bore the penalty on the cross that you can be forgiven as well has healed. Because sin is still present in this world, believers fall to the power of sin. Anybody sinned before? Every day, right? God, why do you... Hemi has this conversation with God every day. God, why do you even put up with me? And he just whispers, Grace. Every, we live in a place there's power of sin. We still live in the presence of evil. I want to tell you something this morning. I hope this encourages you. I told you I had good news today, and I really want to encourage your heart this morning. We're going to receive communion, but I want to pray with you this morning individually if you need this prayer here in just a few moments. God will never punish you here on this earth for your sins. 
blasphemy, Pastor. No, it's not. God will never punish you for his sins because he already punished Jesus. He put all the sins, past, present, and future, on his son on that cross. He turned his head for a moment. And Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the sky grew black. And then the Holy of Holies, the veil rent in two, and rocks began to shake and quake, and all kinds of things took on that moment. He took on my sin. He took on your sin. He bore your sin. So if you're sick today or a family member is sick today, let me just give you this news. It's not because God is punishing you. It's not because God is punishing you. He bore your sickness. Maybe we've thought that we've had to walk over here and be the faith for, I've just got to build more faith. I've just got to build more faith. And you're so weary from trying to build more faith. And then you run to the other side. I didn't get enough faith. I didn't get enough faith. And you're like, okay, I got to do some more work for Jesus. I got to do more work. Oh, and then I got to run back over here. I didn't get enough faith. I didn't get enough faith. And it all comes down to grace. He bore your sickness. Everybody say grace. I want you to think of part of your life right now. I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to speak grace to that part of your life right now. Grace. Right? Speak grace to that part of your life. You say, Pastor, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed, I don't get it. What if we're never healed? What if we're never healed? What if I'm never healed? What if my son or my daughter's never healed? What if we're... What if? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that we can go to another verse in the Bible. If you'll turn with me to Philippians 1.20. Go ahead and flip over there. You need to see this in your own Bible. Philippians 1.20. What if God never heals? What if God never heals me? What if God never does this? Philippians 1.20. It says, I eagerly expect and I hope that in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, listen to this, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. What I'm going to present to you this morning is that you were saved by grace, that you were healed by grace. He bore your your sins on the cross. He bore your sickness on the cross. He paid your penalty. He gives you the power to overcome the power of evil in this world. We got the shield of faith. He promises that we will live with him forever and ever. And we say this a lot. They may not have been healed here on earth, but they're healed for eternity. They They got their final healing when someone passes on. We believe that in our heart. But it's this middle section that most of us struggle with. 
We believe that we're going to be healed for eternity. We believe that Jesus paid the penalty. But why doesn't God heal me? Why doesn't God heal? I don't know. But I know it's done through his grace by faith. So this morning, you may only have the faith of a mustard seed, but the good news is Jesus said that, that the faith the size of a mustard seed will move a mountain. It's pretty potent stuff. And in your notes, I put, some, I put the notes of, of definitions of faith and, 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 and grace and mercy and, and different things there. But I want you to understand that this morning, it's, I want to pray with you. I want you to understand that you are made whole. He bore your sickness, your family's sickness. But it's not because you have to come up with a bunch of works or a bunch of faith through grace. Through grace. You're saved. Through grace, you are healed. Just say it out loud. It feels good. Through grace, I am saved. And by grace, I am healed. By grace, I am saved, and by grace, I am healed. Isaiah 53 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned from our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. I am saved. Isaiah 49, 16 says this. See, I have engraved you. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. I know it's getting close to that noon hour and we want to take communion this morning. This morning I want to receive communion a little bit differently than maybe and just in our own voices this morning, your own heart, your own upon the own posture of your own heart this morning. I want you to take communion this morning. I want you to receive communion this morning with a posture by grace through faith. I want you to do this this morning and to remember Him by, but in the idea of grace. Not by your works. Not by your faith. But because you don't deserve it. Man. By grace, because I don't deserve it, by grace through faith, I have the benefits, as it says in Psalm 103, of Him healing my diseases. I have the benefits of Him forgiving my sins. Through grace, by, through, by grace, through faith. I don't deserve to be able to take communion to remember him by. But he said, I do. He says for me to come into his presence. He says he wants fellowship with me. Matter of fact, after he died on the cross, we, write, we read in the words of Paul that we have become Sons and daughters of God. We're no longer slaves of fear. We're no longer slaves of anything. We've become children of God. Heirs, co-heirs with Jesus. Not because you're good. Because he is good. 
And this morning, I want to pray with you, not that we have to muster up a large more amount of faith, but I want to pray with you that by His grace, you've been made whole. He was pierced for our transgressions, right? He was bruised for our iniquities. The sorrow that was on what was laid upon him was because of me. And by his wounds, I am made whole, body, mind, spirit. Would you stand with me?